Come on. He is strong. He is powerful. He is Ken Lundin. He is the president of Ken Lundin Associates, a wine and scotch fan, father of three, world traveler. He's way different than you'd think. He is changing the world of sales consulting for the better. I'm excited to have you on. Ken, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, I do what I do. It's one of the reasons I think we're talking, George, right? Well, I do what I do because we're trying to change lives, and we're trying to empower people, whether it be sales forces, entrepreneurs, or what, to actually live the life that they want to live. So we do those things because, quite frankly, sales is a black box. And so we do that by helping companies grow. We empower things for people. And so that's a, a fantastic thing to see the stories of the lives that we get to change. And you know, quite frankly, other than that, though, I'm a fitness guy who's working on seeing the, the sunset from every continent. So yeah, it's kind of a little bit about me. Nice. Appreciate that. And how many continents have you seen the sunset on thus far? See, that's a really good question. That shows you that I'm actually using macro level goals, right? So it's uh, we've only seen it on two. So um, looking for the looking for the rest, and uh, COVID put a little damper on it, but we're ready to rock. Yeah, nice. Hopefully, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, you'll be on. Uh, you'll be on the next one. So yeah. So I talk to a lot of folks who are growing businesses, um, and obviously, when you are an entrepreneur or you are leading a a, a a, a division of a business, whatever it is, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of things yeah. we need to be paying attention to. How how do you think about sales fitting into that? Well, I think sales is the interesting thing. Everybody knows that they need to sell more. They need no. They need. They know they. They know the why, right? Why I got to sell more. They know what. Well, I've got to sell more. But so few people don't really get the how, hmm. right? It just becomes this thing where it's like, well, I'm going to sell. <laughs> just ridiculous black box and you think oh if I go hire the right person they're my fix oh uh, you know founders go through this thing where they're like well if I'm the founder I'm not a salesperson and I'm always the best salesperson don't salespeople in general stink you know <laughs> and, and the answer is well you're always going to be more passionate about it than anybody else so you know sales intricately fits into building wealth it intricately fits into de-risking things for you for your families for the companies who may actually invest in you so I think when you look at it, sales at the end of the day, it's about creating a constant, predictable, systematic stream of cash flow for the business and the employees within the business. Yeah, nice. Constantly pro producing a predictable stream of income that's going to allow the business to obviously keep moving. It's going to give you the lifestyle that you want. It's going to give the people that are working with you the lifestyle you want. So all, 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 all the stakeholders, investors, everybody. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, I imagine, I imagine that that's, that's really what everybody wants, right? So it's the Holy grail. Yeah. We, 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 we want to be de-risked. We want to build wealth. Uh, but it is really that how, so, and there's so many different ways to do it. Right. I mean, so yeah. how, what, what's 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 the best way for us to jump off into this? Is it well? I think it's, you know, I think at the end of the day, let's just think about it this way: from uh, whether you're in sales or whether or not you listen to listen to this podcast, and and George, you've got listeners who probably aren't in sales, mm -hmm. but they want to get better as people, and they want to kind of understand holistically how the universe how the universe of business might work, how investing in the markets might work, what have you. And what you have to understand at the end of the day, 
is in order for you to create a predictable way for you to grow your own income, to grow your, now look, we don't make money just because we want the money, right? It's like, yeah, I want to make, you know, six figures or seven figures or what we, it's because of what it does for us. So first of all, let's say that I, people say, Ken, why do you want to make money? I say, because I want options, mm-hmm. right? Money just gives us an opportunity to provide options. Mm-hmm. So if you understand how your company works or you understand how the investing or you understand how public companies are traded or you understand how valuations are created, that's the most imp- one of the most important tools you can have in your bag because it'll allow you to cross genres and allow you to cross and talk to different people from different lifestyles, from different you know, entrepreneurs to people in different departments in your company. And so, you know, ultimately, I think the best way to really talk about it, I know that was a, long, a little long-winded, is this. Your goal will often depend upon your ability to produce a consistent stream of new customers, mm-hmm. right? Whether or not you're a software engineer you're an employee who happens to invest, in, you know, in stocks traded on the, you know, the NASDAQ, whatever it is, but your ability to understand how to produce positive cash flow through new customers makes everything less risky and increases your chance personally of continuing to move your life forward and up as well as when you're looking at companies, when you'd potentially invest in them. And I think the, the issue, and I think it really comes back to this concept, you've heard of like the black box, right? You pour assets and things into it, you spend some money, you put some people, you put some process in, and then you just hope that it all mixes together <laughs> and out of the bottom pops some happy customers. And so the, probably the number one place to stay at is I would say this. The biggest failure that I see in business today is not understanding the largest problem that they solve for their customers. Yeah. Okay. And that can go from, like I said, the software engineer to the salesperson to the CEO because they get so focused or enamored on the product. And you can look at that too. You know, it's, it's the key to valuations. Like there's this thing called unicorn companies, right? Unicorns are privately held companies worth a billion bucks. Well, why do you think they get valuations like that? Like Uber went public at multiple billion dollars, right? Be- without any income. Like... <laughs> Crazy. Is income the thing that produces value or is it predictable cash flow? And I would say it's sales. So that's one of the reasons why it's super important that we need to understand it. How does that, it it can't start that way, right? That, 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 that companies just all of a sudden are, are not, are are missing the mark on what problem they're solving or maybe it is. Yeah, I'd say this, like we have something called the sales alpha roadmap and it says we have to figure out product market fit first, then the process of sales and then change management. We have these different levels associated with that roadmap. They don't miss it totally, right? You're you're selling something, you're doing great. What they forget to do is they lose contact with it because you can have say an 80% product market fit with whatever it is you're selling, whoever it is you're trying to serve and you'll still get some customers but your cost of customer acquisition will be higher because it's harder to speak to them in language they care about, right? You'll give up some pricing because you're not able to convey the value of what you actually give to them and the biggest problem that you solve. So you're gonna end up doing it at a lower price, which is gonna create a lower income level. And so it's the refinement of that message to really understand, hey, we're actually talking at a bigger level. You know, people don't wake up and go, hey, I wanna spend 50,000 bucks on better reporting software. Right. But they'll spend fifty thousand bucks on data that will allow them to run their business better. 
You know, I, too often we do features and benefits. Yeah, it's like a, I heard the term recently, a painkiller versus a vitamin. I was surprised that that was the first time that I heard it. Probably the first time I've heard it too. We, we use, I use something that says this. Here's how you know if you got the really got the problem figured out, right? So, George, let's play a little game. So, I have a pill. Looks just like an aspirin since we went this way, right? Looks just like an aspirin. And, George, here's the deal. You have a, you have a, you know, a migraine. And that migraine, your, your history says you'll be over it in a three or four hours. Here's a pill, George. It's going to cost you a thousand bucks. Well, if you don't have anything to do, are you going to buy that pill for me for a thousand dollars? No, I'll probably just write it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but what if I tell you this exact same pill costs ten thousand? Probably not more likely to buy it yet, right? Still, <laughs> still no. Okay, but let's say that you now all of a sudden know that you that migraine is not a migraine, but it's a tumor. Mm. Give me seven of them, right? Yeah, I'll, for sure. However many you got, I'll take them. Yeah, and that's the difference between having awesome, awesome messaging that resonates with the real problem you solve. Versus the feature and benefit of I have a white pill that gets rid of your pain. Hmm. Yeah, I like it. And so, as as companies grow and expand, and they're bringing on just just different things, things are changing. That yeah. that 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 message is just getting lost. Yeah, yeah, I think it's getting lost, and we spend so much time talking about how cool we are, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? Instead of talking about what the client needs, you know, you've got to iterate on the fact that your customers need you to solve for outcomes. And like, I've been doing some posts lately on the software industry. And so we buy software. And if you have a business, if you bought any software, it might go like this. I bought the software. They went, took me through a mediocre onboarding process. They didn't talk to me for nine months. I'm 30 days away from when I have to give notice to cancel. And now all of a sudden I'm the most valuable customer they have by email. Are they yeah. really worried about the outcomes or are they just worried about the first sale? Because I canceled two of those contracts this week. Because mm-hmm. they didn't show me how to use the things they promised me to accomplish the goals that I had when I started with them. Yeah. It, so, and, and that that's probably all too common, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, that's the thing. And so I see it's not just software, but we lose it. You know, George, you've got an audience here that you serve. And when you stop serving them at a level that makes them feel like they're accomplishing their personal goals by you empowering them to do that, you would lose share. Mm -hmm. So whether you got a podcast, you own a business, we have to really, it's, you know, it's almost silly to be honest because you think about it and it's like being altruistic in order to get paid. Hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I think that's kind of the gig. You got, you've got to be so like, you know. I tell people all the time that I could sell any product or any service to anybody's client in three weeks, right? And people take nine months, a year to onboard and get stuff going. And the reason is, I don't the three weeks. I don't care at all about the product set. I only care about the customer and their problems. Mm-hmm. Let me sit in George's seat. Let me figure out what George wants. Let me figure out what George needs and the problems he's trying to solve, I'll get the expertise from somewhere else in the company. But let me solve for George's issues. And so I think the reminder here, I guess, if I were to say anything kind of as we go through this is, 
you know, the way you get what you want in life, it's kind of that old saying, I can't remember who said it first, but the way you get, I think it was Zig Ziglar, by the way you get what you, what you want in life is by giving other people what they want in life. But we just forget that because our thing is so awesome and we're so excited to spew all over the potential customer. Yeah. Hey, Joe, look at this. Hey, I got this feature. I got this benefit. I got this thing. Hey, here it is. It'll make you do this. It'll turn you into super. No. We can do all that, but it, like whether you're even in publicly traded companies, the companies that do that are the ones that run at lower margins. Mm-hmm. If you're a feature benefit house, you're running at lower margins because the customer, you know, there's all sorts of cliches, and then part of the reason they're there is because they're true, right? But price only matters in the absence of value. Mm-hmm. How do we forget that? Right. That is a good right. one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, create enough value and you can put whatever price you want on it ever. We just, we just did it with the pill for your headache or for your tumor. Yeah. Yeah. That's so is it possible for, for, for big companies? And, and it, it's obviously a very, very relative thing when it went, when, when I say yeah. a big company, but let's just say an established company that has a sales team and they're just not getting good margin. They're just not getting the results. They feel like like what we talked about at the beginning, that they don't have this consistent, predictable income coming in to unwind and take a big step back and do the work that we're talking about. Yeah, it's absolutely possible. But I, but they, you know, the, we've got to ask the right question, right? If you answer the wrong question, then you get the wrong answer and you don't improve a darn thing, hmm. right? So... As an example, the question that a company like that would come to us and ask is, or tell us is, hey, we are their problem statement. We have a closing problem. We can't create urgency. And I'm like, no, your problem is like six meetings before that, man. It's, <laughs> you've got a value development problem. Because you can't manufacture urgency. And you've seen it. Like, here, I'll bet you this. Have you ever waited until like the end of a calendar quarter or the end of a month to go shop for something because you knew you'd get a better deal? Sure. (laughs) And look what sales did. Look what companies have done. We've trained you to hose us out of our discount because our price isn't worth what we would do if we'd have bought it two weeks earlier. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can unwind it. And a big piece of it is figuring out how to develop more value in the process because you know there's a there's a company that does a lot of great ratings and things called Gartner and they say that 74% of like B2B buyers want value from their salesperson in the process. My girlfriend and I went and bought a car this weekend and I tell you I wanted value from that salesperson so it's not even just B2B. Like tell me something I don't know. But they say less than half of buyers actually feel like they got value. What does value look like? Help me understand the needs that I don't see, right? I have a symptom. Tell me what the disease is, right? I have a, I have a, uh, my knee hurts, but it's because the actual problem is that my back is jacked up. Help me diagnose the real problem. And that's step one. If you're a company trying to rejigger, how do I, how do I take pricing pressure off? that's coming from the commoditization of a global economy, right? Take it a step back, work on how we develop the value and create fantastic conversations for the people buying from you. Do you think that, 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 that people have moved away from this because it's a perception that that's not scalable to do? So that's a really good question, George. And I, th- I think the answer is um, that's the easy answer. Yeah. 
right? The easy answer is, you know, in the, in the investment community and like venture capital and private equity, they talk about technical and non-technical founders. Non-technical founders, business people, who then hire a technical staff are considered a second-class citizen, hmm. right? So you get these technical founders who are product smart. And I don't think that they think it's non-scalable. I think it comes back to what we talked about earlier. They just don't know how, and they don't understand what creates value in company. They think product innovation creates value. And if that was the case, the most used phrase when an investment group is looking at buying a company wouldn't be, hey, just show me a little more traction. Show me a little more sales. Because mm -hmm. that's where value comes from. So they don't know how to do it. I don't think it has, and I think they never even get to the question of whether the how is scalable. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way, but that 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 makes a lot of sense. How 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 long is the typical engagement for for yeah, for, for, us, for you? Um, yeah, with us with us it's funny because we we go in and everybody wants like, hey, how fast can we get this done? Well, kind of depends on how you do it, but. <laughs> You know, so we have clients from three million to, you know, billions of dollars. And at the end of the day, we always go, hey, here's the deal. We'll start you with a three month contract. And then from there, well, you'll stay as long as you want. And most of our clients, my average client probably is probably with us for two years. Hmm. But here's why. Right. So take this beyond. Hey, if you're still sitting here listening to this and you're going, well, this Ken guy, the sales thing, I don't know how interesting it is to me, but I like George a lot. So if you're still talking <laughs> about that, let's understand one particular thing right now. Because what we're talking about is fundamentally about changing the behavior of people. That's why it takes time, right? Mm -hmm. You want to see how you want to see how difficult it is to change the behavior of people. Go try and win an argument with a six-year-old who's passionate about the fact that they should be at the pool today, mm. right? Because mm -hmm. they're going to have the same argument with you for the next three months because <laughs> they want to go to the pool in the summer, right? That's how hard it is to change behavior. So that's fundamentally why things like that, because it's about changing the behavior a lot of times all the way from the C-suite to the individual contributor level. I love it. Beautiful. Ken, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Hey, the good news is I told – the good news is we've been talking around this, George, and so the difference-making tip that I have for everybody today is – you've probably heard it resonate so far, and that's this. You absolutely 100% can get everything you want in life if you'll focus on serving others. It's okay to get paid for work that's worthy, but to make it worthy, focus on solving problems for people that are meaningful in their lives and in the lives of their employer or their company, and that'll be your path to new income. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on. Come on. It is 100% okay to get paid for work that is worthy. That is well said, sir. Ken, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Yeah, the great, the easiest way is if you'll type in at KG Lundin, which the L-U-N-D-I-N. If you'll type that in, that's my handle for every single social media website. <laughs> so you can find me anywhere. Big on LinkedIn and then KenLundin.com is our uh, place. I will tell you this, show up. And if you've got questions, you want to have a talk, you know, mention the fact that you were, that you heard me on George's podcast and I'll get on the phone with you and we talk about whatever you want to talk about. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ken your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Follow Ken on social media at, at KG Lundin, which is L-U-N-D-I-N and go to Ken Lundin, K-E-N-L-U-N-D-I-N. 
com and uh I like everything we talked about, Ken. I think it makes a lot of sense, and I imagine that uh, there's a lot of organizations out there that can benefit from a conversation. So let's make that happen. Thanks again, man. Thanks again, Ken. Perfect. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. <laughs>